I'm Samantha Miner, and this is a Minor Mom Makeover. Being a mom can be hectic, and we often lose ourselves in motherhood. In this podcast, I'll talk about real-life topics and share beauty, fashion, and lifestyle tips to help you look and feel your best. This is a makeover from the inside out. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a minor mom makeover. Uh, I am Samantha Minor. I feel like after this episode, we are going to be super close. And you could just call me Sam. Warning. This episode does contain stories of abuse. This is a very sensitive subject. Very sensitive. And I know that it can be very triggering to some people. This is my story about abuse. This is something I used to be embarrassed about. You know, my past. But... I'm sharing it for the same reason I share any of my stories, because I hope that it helps someone. So, with that said, if you've ever been in a bad relationship, raise your hand. If you've ever been in a bad relationship, knew you should leave but stayed anyway, raise your hand. If you've ever been in a relationship with someone you knew you had no business, I do mean absolutely no business being with, but thought you could change him, raise your hand. Now, I know you can't see me, but I'm raising my hand right along with you. My next question is, or I should say my next several questions are, why? Why do we stay? Why do we go back? Why do we think we can change a person? I'll tell you what I've learned and give you my answer. My personal answer that pertains to me and my personal situations. It's because we don't feel like we deserve better. I feel like I mention this a lot in my episodes. um, But yeah, I feel like... We feel like we don't deserve better. For whatever reason or whatever happened to us in our past, we have been instilled with limiting beliefs. Mm. We have been taught that we are not worthy of anything or anyone better. For me, it was my mother. When I was growing up, when I got in trouble or did something she didn't like, she would put me down and tell me I would never meet my prince charming, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. She would tell me no man was ever going to love me, no man was ever going to come and save me. First of all, I just want to point something out because I have five daughters and I would never ever teach my daughters that any man is going to fucking save them. First of all, save you from what? Second of all, anything that we may 
be saved from, we can damn well save ourselves. We could take care of ourselves. We should not raise our girls up to feel like they need men anyway. But that's for another episode. So you know what happened? Spoiler alert. She kicked me out when I was only 15 years old. And by the grace of God and a lot of kind-hearted, generous people, you know, I made it, obviously. And at 17, I met a boy. Ugh, isn't that always how it starts? There's always a boy. I thought he was going to be my whole world. I didn't have a family. He said his family didn't care about him. Ugh, obviously, we were meant to be, right? So shortly after getting together, Ugh, so shortly, I became pregnant. And shortly after I became pregnant is when the abuse began. Physical, verbal, mental abuse. Then to add insult to injury, he started cheating on me. <sighs> Isn't that crazy? That's a crazy life to live for a 17-year-old. This was my life on and off for eight years. I used to be so embarrassed about how long I stayed, but I was scared. And to be honest, I didn't know where to go or what to do. Um, each pregnancy uh, was probably about two years apart. Uh, up until the last two that we have together, we have a total of five kids together. And... The abuse just continued on and on. I'd leave and start doing okay. He'd come back and tell me he was sorry and he was going to do better and he'd be all right for a little while. And of course, the abuse started up all over again. So, why did it take so long for me to leave? And granted, when I got older, I thought that my mom would come around. She would start to step in. She had grandkids now that needed to be protected. Who cares how the fuck she felt about me? There were children involved now, <laughs> even though I was a child at the time, but I didn't see it that way. And she would tell me things like, you're just going to go back to him anyway and just let him kill you. So, I mean... You could stay for the night, but then you have to go back once he calms down. And it just continued on and on in a horrible cycle. And what ended up happening was, as pregnant with child number five, I had no car. I was taking the bus to and from work. He was supposed to be watching the four children that we had had together and oh of course he didn't work of course he didn't work he left that up to me but uh, he couldn't even watch the kids right uh, he would sit at home he would get high he would play video games and whenever there's a problem with the kids he would call me at work and complain about what the kids weren't doing they were all little so they really weren't doing anything ridiculously crazy um, but yeah so what it came down to the last time he hit me 
I was a few months pregnant with kid number five and I realized it was either him or me and that baby and I chose me and the baby and I kicked him out he didn't go willingly I definitely had to call the police but I kicked him out and I was pregnant with four kids and I didn't know what to do and I felt very fearful very very fearful and I didn't know what I was going to do how I was going to do it by myself and the person that actually spoke to me and reassured me everything was going to be okay was his aunt she pointed out a very obvious fact that I should have realized but didn't she said you're the one that goes to work you're the one that pays the bills you're already doing it by yourself why do you need him holy shit can we say I had an aha moment so her words were definitely reassuring and I found childcare for the four kids. I continued to work up until my due date, and I went to labor in the middle of the night. I called my childcare provider, who would become like family to me, and she came and picked up the kids, took them to her house, called an ambulance for me. I went to the hospital, and while I was there, in labor I called him to let him know that I was in labor at this point in time he now had a new girlfriend so shows how much the kids and I met to him <laughs> um, he says oh yeah, yeah yeah I'll be there and he was so he shows up a couple hours later and when he walks in the hospital room talk about bad timing he had recently received child support papers and boy was he fuming so while I was in labor he cursed me out he called me every name in the book that you can think of some of them twice and when it became time to push I pushed she came out he looked at her, said she's not mine, and he walked the fuck out the hospital room. It was very hurtful, but at the same time, I have been through so much mental turmoil caused by him. What did I expect? So I'll tell you what I did. I sat in the hospital with my newborn, baby number five, and I was afraid to go home. I don't want to leave the hospital. I can't believe I'm telling this story, but if it means that it'll help someone out there, then fuck it. Uh, yeah, I sat in the hospital with my baby scared as hell to go home my child care provider 
God, she's an angel on earth. Um, she called to check on me. I had no family, no friends that came to see me. I was kind of okay with that because I was like in a weird spot. And she asked me what was wrong and I kept making excuses and finally I told her I'm scared. It was one thing when she was in my stomach and I just had to worry about the four kids but now I have four kids and a newborn and I have to go to work and I'm scared. I'm so scared. And she prayed with me over the phone. And she told me it'll be okay. And everything was okay. She picked me up from the hospital the next day, took me home. I brought in the four kids and the newborn. And I sat there in the living room of my house. And I just stared at them. And I think the older kids knew that I was feeling kind of off. So they were real chill. They were real quiet. Not that they were really rambunctious, but they were real chill. And they watched TV and they played. And slowly things felt normal. And when the baby cried, I fed her, I changed her, I burped her, put her back to sleep, and everything worked out. Like literally it just felt natural. And as the days went on, I realized what was I so afraid of? And all of a sudden, just one day, it just it was me and my five babies. And everything was okay. It was like I was born to do this. Um, things didn't get crazy till one night the baby got a fever. And I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, okay, okay. I'm going to try and get her fever down, try and get it down. I couldn't get her fever down no matter what I tried. I ran out of Tylenol or Motrin, whatever it was I was giving her at the time. Hell, I don't remember. The girl's 14 now. But I said, okay. I went and I woke up the four kids and I just told them, you know, baby has a fever. We have to go to Walgreens, the one by our house, is not 24 hours, so we have to take a little drive. I promise you it was like 12, 1 a.m. And they were so chill about it. They're like, oh my gosh, is she okay? Yep, she's going to be okay. Let's just get in the car. And I piled them all in the car. And I made sure everyone was buckled in. And I had my oldest keep an eye on the newborn. Uh, at this point, she wasn't newborn anymore. She was probably, I don't know, a couple months old. She's still tiny. And drove across town. Got her, her Tylenol or whatever it was I was getting. And I just remember sitting in the parking lot of Walgreens at like 2 o'clock in the morning and I took the baby out of her car seat, I gave her her medicine, and I sat in the driver's seat and I just held her and I nursed her until I felt comfortable enough to even drive again. And I put her back in her car seat, I got everyone home and back to bed. Baby's fever started to go down crisis averted 
And I did this shit by myself. Just me and God. And, you know, once she turned about one or two, I did something that I had never been able to do when I was in a relationship with their father. I took them on vacation. They lived in Arizona at the time. And I piled them all in the car and we drove to Disneyland for a few days. We had the best time ever. So, I say all that to say, sometimes we just don't know what we're capable of. We hold ourselves back because other people have put their beliefs on us. They don't believe in themselves. They think they can't do something, so they want to push that on us. And sometimes that's not even the case. Sometimes, sometimes, it's the way that we grew up. We were told, you're never going to be shit. You're never going to amount to anything. And we hear it so much, we believe it. But guess what? You don't have to believe it. It doesn't matter who is saying it to you. It doesn't matter who told you that. In my case, it was my mother, the woman that birthed me. And I believed it. Those are words I will never forget. It was instilled in me from such a young age. I grew up thinking that. So when I ended up in an abusive relationship, I thought it was what I deserved. I thought that I wasn't going to get any better than that. And I am here to tell you it is all a lie. You know the saying hurt people hurt people? That shit is true. When someone is hurt, they're going to hurt other people. And it took me a long time to realize, yeah, my mom said those things to me, but why? I never thought about the why until I got older. This was just a couple of years ago. I thought about the why. She was hurt herself. So therefore, what does she do? She cast her hurt upon me. So, we have to get rid of those limiting beliefs that other people have put on us. We're going to shake it off. It's going to be hard, yeah, but just like they put it in your head, you have to be the one to get it out of your head. You have to reprogram yourself. For years, I thought that I wasn't worth anything. For years, I never thought I would be anything. Oh, and don't get me started on the number of kids I have. Let's not forget, I have seven kids. I still have family that talks shit about that, but have never been there to lift a finger, to never help, to ever change a diaper. So we don't care about what other people think, do we? No, we don't. And if we do, we need to stop. Because where is it getting us? Nowhere. A lot of the time, those limiting beliefs is a form of mental 
and emotional abuse that comes from the abuser. They want you to think that you need them. They want you to think that you can't move on and do better without them. In my case, he used to tell me, yeah, you can leave, but you're never going to find anyone. You can leave, but you're never going to make it without me. And I proved to him that was all bullshit. So I just want you to keep that in mind because they play mental games. And you just really have to believe in yourself and know that you deserve better. Because I really think even all those years that I dealt with it, I knew that I deserved better. I just didn't know how to go about getting it and I was paralyzed with fear. And I was really worried about what was going to happen to my kids if I stayed. I was worried about what was going to happen to my kids if I left. And <laughs> I, yeah, so just know that you are beautiful and you deserve better. I fully believe that a series of small changes over time can create the biggest impact. Every week, at the end of each episode, I'll give you a minor tip for a major impact on your life. Stay tuned for this week's tip. So, this week's tip, because, oh, y'all know I love a good tip, uh, a minor tip to make a major impact in your life. You want to know what, what, uh, and by the way, when I give you a tip, it's something that I've done to help myself and it's something that I currently do to help myself. I believe that affirmations really do help. And I've told you guys about this before. I know I have. So I want you to come up with affirmations the opposite of what someone said to you. So for instance, if like, okay, like my mother used to say to me, uh, you're never going to find anyone that loves you. We're going to flip that shit. I am going to meet the man of my dreams. I am going to have a beautiful, healthy marriage. Whatever it is, take those limiting beliefs that you have and flip it. And just say it to yourself every day. And I've definitely learned that we can have control over our own thoughts. So when negative thoughts start creeping in, gently push it aside and replace it with a positive thought. I 
really do hope that this helps someone out there. I share this story because when I was going through an abusive relationship, nobody, nobody talked about what they were going through. So I felt alone. I felt like there was no way out. And I, like I said a couple times throughout this episode, I was embarrassed because I felt like, oh my God, I'm in this relationship and all this is happening to me and people are going to want to know, why are you staying? Why aren't you leaving? And believe me, there are times that I did try to leave. You know, there are times that I would go stay at a friend's house and all he would do is torment the people that live there so they wouldn't want me and my kids there. That's what kind of monster I was dealing with. So, I share my story in hopes of helping someone out there. I just want you to know that whatever it is that you're going through, you don't have to continue to go through it. It's not easy to just pick up and leave, especially when you have kids. Believe me, I understand. But if you can just work on an exit strategy, it'll definitely help you feel better. And it gives you something to work towards. Quick story. Um... I was working for a college and I was doing admissions and this woman had reached out to the school to get information on a program. I called her and I'm doing her interview over the phone and when I told her the start date of the class, she kind of shut down and she said she couldn't do it. She said, I want to, this is something that I need, but my husband is abusive and I, I'm only talking to you because he's not here right now. He has control of everything. And if he finds out I'm going to school, he's going to smash my laptop. He's going to break my phone. But I know that this is my way out. I need to get an education so I can get a better paying job and I can afford to be on my own. And it, it really broke my heart. So... You know, all it takes is knowing that you are not in this alone. There are other people out there going through the same thing. And we just have to share our story. With that said, thank you for listening. And if you or someone you know is being abused, please get help. Take care of you.